very good so we're going to uh, move on in our study i hope uh, that uh, that all of you uh, have had the opportunity to try out uh, some of what we talked about the last two or three weeks uh, especially around uh, communication right around rich full um, you know communication with your child and uh, you know many of you have been waiting eagerly to talk about the rod so we're going to talk about that today uh, i hope that you all could read chapter 11 i should have asked you to also read chapter 15 so the way this uh, the way this book is organized is that the first there's two parts the part 1 uh, is uh, through chapter 13 which sort of uh, is really uh, sort of the theory and the you know the principles and the, the the biblical basis for the principles and then part 2 is sort of looks at each of the stages uh, of uh, of raising children so there's like two chapters for each stage starting with infancy to childhood and then uh, the next one is uh, uh, is uh, childhood to um, um, to uh, sorry what is it i'm trying to find it here yeah it's just uh, once you're in sort of childhood and then the third one is uh, the third section is uh, is on the teenage years right so so it sort of takes you through the stages of 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 life and it looks at one chapter on what are the training objectives and the other chapter on procedures so uh, the uh, chapter 15 is the one that talks about the procedures for the childhood to sorry infancy to childhood which is roughly the ages uh, i would say somewhere between it's it's going to vary by child but somewhere between 1 and 5 and in fact that's when you should be using the rod the most it might be tough for people to understand that but Uh, or accepted maybe but uh, but really that's where the rod is most effective okay and then it should be diminishing after that uh, as your children start understanding of course there will be episodes where you need to use it but chapter 15 has a lot of uh, detail on the how and the why of uh, of uh, using the rod and we will uh, we will get into that a little bit today so uh, so i did want to just go back and uh, there were a couple of uh, questions if i can just take a minute here. so there was a there was a couple of questions that came up uh, uh at the end there that we couldn't get to last week um and the first one in particular is a very very good good one i guess they're both good questions but uh, i think the first one is very very relevant it says how do we ensure that both husband and wife have the same approach and method toward these things danger is that father ends up doing all the dis- disciplining and mother does all the communication i think i think um the whoever asks this question i think the main danger is that the father ends up doing all the um you know the use of the rod or the spanking and mother does all the communication i mean uh, you know disciplining is is a broader term right that that includes communication that includes the rod so this is a, a common issue that uh, certainly both husband and wife are going to have different personalities and uh, uh you know different uh, willingness to do certain things uh and uh, i'll just make a couple of points one is that um, you know i i i it's not the right approach to relegate you know uh, because uh, again as you'll find out when we go through the today's lesson um you know the uh, the rod and communication go together so you cannot have the situation where the father does all the the use of the rod and the mother mother does all the communication certainly you can do it together if you want but um but ideally you know you should be 
uh, adapted both, you know, both because let's say, you know, the mother is at home with the children or the father's at home with the children, the mother's not there for what you know, you can't pick and choose um, and put things off. There are things that you have to deal with right away when it happens. And so uh, it's very important that you are, number one, you're united. Okay, There's one of the issues that come up uh, in this different approach and method is that husband and wife are not of the same mind. Okay, So someone maybe thinks they should use a rod, the other one thinks they shouldn't. And I think this is important that, uh, that uh, both of you are constantly communicating with each other and that you are aligned on uh, you know, on whether what is worth using the rod, whether you should use the rod, you know, discuss these things because typically these things don't happen on the first instance. Uh, and, and so it's very important that you get that balance uh, and, and that both parents are, are using both of the tools. Okay, so the Lord gave us, you know, rod and he gave reproof and they have to be sort of brought together. Okay. Um, so, so I would say, how do you ensure that you know, communicate and make sure that you're of the same mind. Uh, talk to each other about how things are going. Are you doing the right thing? Who's going to do what? Uh, and, uh, you know, um, and if you have, you know, if you think that one parent is going too easy or whatever, or, or the balance is not there, then these are things that you and your spouse should, uh, you know, should communicate about. Okay. All right. The next one is how do you instill a sense of responsibility in your preteen? They still seem very childish. Uh, I very much relate to this, um, you know, um, because, uh, you know, I've seen every one of my kids go through uh, this stage. And, uh, you know, one thing which is not a revelation to anybody who's had more than one kid uh, is that, you know, every child is different. Okay? And, and, uh, and uh, you know, what, what I've found is that, um, you know, uh, they tend to, they do eventually pick up a sense of responsibility. So if I look at you know, my oldest child, she's extremely responsible, still is, has always been. Uh, and, uh, and when I look at when they started taking responsibility or showing responsibility, it tends to diminish as, the, as they go further down. And I think the reason is just that, you know, there was always somebody else there, right? And, and what I've found to be amazing is that, you know, when, as you, as you all know, you know, how it is in my family, you know, each of them has got to that age where they left, left and went to college. Uh, and I've never had a case where the next one didn't step up and take responsibility. So, uh, so I don't know the exact situation here, but, um, but sometimes, you know, you have to, uh, you know, I think we hold them back sometimes by not giving them that responsibility. So number one, you have to give them responsibility, make them do things. Uh, secondly, you know, critique them. Okay. Not in a negative way, not nagging them and, but, but using it as an opportunity to teach them. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to communicate. Okay, so when we talked about doing all things to the glory of God, or uh, you know the the vision we have for our children that they should glorify God uh, and enjoy Him forever, um, you know it's a great opportunity to sit down with them and look at uh, maybe something they haven't handled responsibly and 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 explain to them, you know how how not handling responsibility doesn't meet God's standard. It doesn't please God. God is a God of order. He's a God of you know, doing things excellently. He's a God who excels. He made all of creation, um, you know, and, and so we can see enough evidence that, that God is not looking for shoddy work. He's looking for us to take responsibility and produce excellent work. So, uh, so I think it's having those conversations and getting them to understand that there's a bigger purpose in this, that you're really honoring God 
by doing these things well. And then, you know, some of it is just learning, right? How could you have done it differently? I think sometimes we end up, uh, uh, the way that we critique ends up becoming negative rather than positive, what we call positive uh, feedback. You know, it becomes sort of negative, nagging kind of thing. So, so take a look at all of those things and, uh, and be patient. Okay, uh, you know, at, at some point they will step up and they, when they realize that you are depending on them, right, they, they, they will take it seriously. Uh, of course, every child is different. So uh, I think you just have to uh, figure that out as you go. Okay. All right. So uh, does anybody have any other, any other questions? Uh, uh, any other questions they want to bring up? All right. So we're going to, we're going to talk about the, uh, the embracing biblical methods, the rod. And we talked about the three authority, I mean, the three uh, concepts, uh, just a quick, quick recap, authority, shepherding, and centrality of the gospel, right? So remember, even as we communicate, we talked about how the gospel needs to keep coming into the discussion, right? Uh, the, the concept of sin, the concept of redemption, concept of the sacrifice of Christ, concept of eternal life, all of those are elements of the gospel. Uh, and um, uh, and your shepherd, we talked about the heart, we talked about the goal, right? What is the chief end of man? Teach your children to use their abilities, aptitudes, talents, and intelligence to glorify God rather than make their lives better. Okay. Uh, and then we talked about different unbiblical methods of parenting. We talked about the different types of correction, uh, communication and how you need to mix these together. And they're not always sort of, you know, the intent is not that it be divided, but in a particular conversation, you may have some correction. You may have some encouragement. You may have some entreaty. You may have some instruction and teaching. You may have some warning. It might all come together. So it's a matter of sort of um, two things. One is understanding these and second, and being able to discern when to use what, right? Or when to use what combination, I would say. And secondly, it's also uh, about you uh, as a parent, okay, father and mother being well-versed in the scriptures. Okay, you've got to bring the scriptures into it. Otherwise, it just becomes uh, worldly wisdom. Okay, it just becomes worldly common sense type of thing. And it's not tied to uh, scripture and uh, the the power of tying it to scripture is that it becomes not your um, you know your feelings or your views, but it becomes the um, you know the um, uh, the word of God, right? It's, it's the standard of God that you're communicating to the child, and they they start building that sort of image of God as the ultimate authority that you are under that authority. So so you got to you know you can't be a good parent if you're not a good believer, okay? you're not a growing, strong believer. So I, I think it's important that you focus on that even now, you know, even for those of you who are single, even before you get married, the more, you know, you are, uh, your spiritual life, the more stronger, the stronger your spiritual life is, the better you will be as, as a husband, as a wife, as a father, or as a mother. Okay. There's no, there's no, uh, no shortcut. At all. Prayer. So, uh, so yeah, so let's do a little bit of, uh, of uh, exercise here. I've done this before. Uh, so I want to ask you to share what are your experiences with the rod? Okay. Uh, again, you're all grown up now and we know our, none of our parents were perfect. So, uh, you know, um, uh, and uh, it's, uh, there's nothing wrong, but if you want to put it on chat, you can. So we're going to have a little open time here. So what, what, how did you experience the rod when, uh, when you were growing up as a child? How about Ronnie? 
for me, well, <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I think my parents, um, uh, I, both my parents, dad and mom, they were equally um, involved in disciplining. Uh, I think the rod was used more by my dad than my mom. Mm-hmm. Mom was more uh, the use of words and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I yeah. think we see that a lot where there's a little bit of this reverse psychology of, oh, that kind of, a, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, disciplining. But, you know, at the end of the day, even though they did that, they, I mean, even though my mom, I mean, disciplined me that way, she would at least try to bring in, you know, uh, the words she used to always yeah. Right, in some way or the other, you know, say, you know, do you think it is right? Do you think, you know, you're uh, pleasing the Lord by doing that? And, you know, in, in some ways or the other, you know, she used to bring in, you know, the gospel. And uh, I mean, that's where I was kind of influenced also in getting to know the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's how I the faith. Yeah. Well. But, so, yeah, so, so, yeah, so. Okay, uh, so there's a little bit of balance there and, and, and the use of communication, um, you know, maybe not as balanced in terms of which parent was doing what. Uh, so thank you for sharing that, Ronnie. Uh, so I have uh, uh, some private messages here that I'll read out, uh, um, obviously without identifying who. Um, and uh, it says, uh, let's see. Yeah, ex- uh, experience of the rod no aspect of love at all. It was anger and a display of power, which made me look to God as the source of love and understanding. And that's, that's really, uh, you know, the grace of God that even though, um, you know, this, uh, this person had that experience, um, you know, that she ended up looking to God as a source of love and understanding. Because sometimes, you know, when you do it in anger, the kids actually go the other way, right? So you could, you could end up going the other way. Um, another comment here, dad was the disciplinarian, used a bamboo stick. My mom disciplined, of course, but never beat me. Uh, it was, another one says, it wasn't just the rod, but, but everything in the kitchen. <laughs> okay, that's Jerry, he sent it to everyone, so everyone has seen that. Okay, uh, here's another one, made me make decisions I thought were right, like I'll never use the rod when I'm a parent, but only later realize the truth. Yeah, that's, that's a good, very good point. Um, you know, I think, uh, um, you know, I think uh, uh, that does happen, right? So we'll talk about some of that. We'll talk about uh, some of the objections to the rod and, and it'll come out in that. If you read the chapter, you, you would have seen that. Uh, here's another one that says, uh, I don't remember the early years so much, but from my mom and the snap of the belt was enough uh, for me to realize it was a big deal. But mom and dad both use the rod. Okay. Very good. Uh, yeah. Any others? Uh, Jerry, were you trying to, I see you near the camera there. So firstly, the earlier comment was from Bernice. Oh, okay. <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> but uh, in my case, uh, my dad would have a specific rod, which would be kept in a specific place, like on top of the almari. Yeah. And uh, whenever my dad would go towards the almari, I would know, you know, what's in store for me. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, uh, in honesty, uh, I would always feel uh, like it. Uh, 
like it would bring a distance between me and my dad whenever there would be you know a mm-hmm. session of discipline yeah and, yeah uh, uh, like there was a lot of physical pain you know yeah and, yeah uh, and also emotional distance that would yeah. that would end up after that so mm-hmm. yeah so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that it's a very good point uh, you know how do you avoid that distance right and uh, so we will uh, we will uh, talk about that uh, go through the lesson yeah any others charlie i think you are a yeah. very to perfect kid so i don't know if you got <laughs> no 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 i i did get quite a bit <laughs> with the each of it maybe that's maybe that's why you are a perfect kid <laughs> yeah but 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 always the uh, the the i mean just the sheer uh, thought about the rod would instill a kind of fear uh, there was something about the rod more than the pain i thought i think uh, whenever the the talk of a rod happened the, the, there was always some sense of fear that was instilled Mm. so i guess uh, so 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 that is a, but, but but in some but what, what about the maybe maybe when was the rod used maybe that's something you want to talk about yeah when i remember oh. i uh, the rod was used on me when i have lied and when my okay. lie was caught so okay. so so yeah so that was possible yeah uh, and yeah, what about the, in church yeah. doing uh-huh. some things in the church you know <laughs> and when you're on the way home you know that you're going to get it <laughs> because, yeah 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 i think we've all been there um yeah i'm looking at some of the comments coming through thank you keep them coming my father beat me with his hands and uh, and by the way we'll talk about that and never used a rod and i was not talking to him until he buy sweets with me and last time i was beaten in 2011 oh boy okay 9 years ago um okay i don't know what uh, i don't know who who's calvary bible fellowship this is joy it says coconuts i have no idea what that means you are beaten with coconuts uh, yeah so that was uh, <laughs> that was what juni yeah that is juni so her mom huh? throw coconuts <laughs> throw coconuts at her I think, I think that might explain a lot of things. <laughs> Sorry, Juni, just kidding. No problem, Raja. I used to run, so that's the only thing that she could. Uh, oh, okay. You were faster. You were faster than your mom. Yeah, and dad was in Kuwait at that time, so only mom. Yeah, was yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, I know that. That's uh, when when the parents are not together. That makes it. I mean, and that's that's why you know that's something that I personally. uh you know i i have a real aversion to this idea of you know and i don't know a lot of you grew up probably that way uh, i'm sure people had reasons for doing it but you know when your kids are growing up with the mom in one place and the father is in another place that's really far below far less than the ideal okay you need both parents together with the children in their growing up years otherwise uh, you know you uh, it makes life incredibly difficult on on one parent you know uh and that's certainly not uh, not what god intended so so yeah uh, any others uh, let me uh, let me see uh, uh any others uh, okay okay you know what i don't want to pick anybody because i might uh, put them on the spot but but i think we got we heard a little bit you know about anger we heard about the hand we heard about um but maybe uh, maybe i do want to ask uh, you don't have to tell us how it was done but but what are the kind of things that got you the rod that 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 use rod liju maybe you can uh, help us out here what what are the kind of offenses that uh, you know that resulted in the rod 
Uh, um, I think fights with brothers uh, or okay. uh, stuff like that, if I remember. Mm. Did anybody get uh, Did anybody get the rod for, uh, say, doing things like creating a mess at the at the dinner table, or you know, uh, things that just irritated your parents? Can you? up. Uh, wasting food. Wasting food. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? So my dad used to uh, use the rod whenever he's uh, kind of bugged at work. Bugged at work. Oh wow. Okay. Or, so it's like some frustration that. from somewhere else being yeah. taken out at home, right? Yeah. So but, I was um, hi Rajkumar this side. So. When when the last time I was beaten, that was because of I completed my uh, graduation, which was BA, and then I kept that result with me for three days. I never told my father because I scored just forty nine point five percent overall. So, so you uh, got you got beaten when you were in, uh, when you finished your degree. Yes, I didn't wow. told the result, and then my father was waiting. He was a, he's a teacher. So he was waiting. Next day, he he asked, "Have you got your result?" And I and I I completely lied. I said, uh, "I need to go to the cyber cafe and then get the result." And he was already aware because uh, maybe he has already went to the cyber cafe and got my result. <laughs> but yes, uh, he was just waiting for me, and I lied, wow. and that's why I was beaten. So how how did that work? I mean, like I would have thought you wouldn't you have been physically stronger? And... No, he 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 is uh, physically stronger. Oh, than he me, is. I would say. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So okay. yeah, but but right. it, it was a great story. I mean, last uh, and mm. I remember once he beaten me when I was in fifth standard. He was the headmaster of the school. He was on round yeah. and he yeah. given me some uh, you know something to divide. So it was divide um, twenty twenty four or something uh, by three. Huh. And then I I yeah it it was uh, twenty divide twenty four by three. And then I I was uh, having some eight. What do you call in Shishfali? If someone someone can help me in English. So art coach. ंग uh deliberately or breaking things by accident no by accident i remember accident. yeah okay okay good now we'll talk about that um okay next one another one says a uh, private message i got threatened with the rod for getting less than full marks so that's uh, something similar to um, to uh, what raj kamal said uh, so yeah i think i think um, you know obviously what this shows is that you know all of us have been through uh, you know varying experiences right and and we've all had cases i mean i know i've gotten uh, you know i didn't get beaten a whole lot um, although i did and some of the the times that i know that that irritated the uh, my mom was when um, you know i i distinctly remember was when uh, you know my sister and i uh, um, you know i don't know whether we shared a joke or what it was but we uh, 
uh, we laugh during prayer time. Okay, and this just irritates her to no end. Um, and it's very, uh, very amusing because now, you know, we are we are sort of casual at our prayer time a little bit. And in the middle, you know, we'll finish singing, and then the kids will say something, and they laugh. And so I always look at my mom because she's sitting there to see if she's getting irritated, you know, <laughs> because I'm not quite that, uh, that that strict. Maybe because I got it during prayer time. I don't know. But um, but yeah. So so yeah. I think we've all had different experiences with the rod, and uh, you know, and and it's interesting that you know our experience with the rod into number one. Uh, you know, it uh, causes as uh, as somebody said. Uh, you know, the um, it causes us to. To, to reject that completely, right? And go in the wrong way. This is the problem with things that get misused, right? If you don't use something scripturally, then it sort of gets a bad reputation, so to speak. And we don't want to use it. We don't, uh, uh, we sort of say, you know, I'm never going to do that because I know what it did to me. And so even the, so it's like throwing out, as I say, throwing out the, the baby with the bathwater, right? Uh, uh, you know, not a good thing, right? So uh, uh, that's one. The other thing is that, what inevitably also happens at the other extreme is that uh, the way that uh, we um, were treated, we think that that's the only way to do it, right? And we we come up with some, um, you know, some, uh, um, you know, some uh, rationalization that says, uh, you know, well, I turned out okay. You know, well, my dad used to beat me up and whip me with a belt, you know, and, and yeah, he was angry, but look at the way I turned out. Well, that's also, you know, not right, right? So. So we have to get to that balance. We have to do it the right way. We have to do it the scriptural way because uh, we can't reject it completely because scripture clearly says, and we'll look at that. Uh, so yeah, so, so on that note, that's what we're going to look at. Uh, and we have to go and understand the, the rationale behind the rod. Okay? And, uh, and this really comes back to the very nature of man, right? So when a child is born, right? That child is born, is not, is not morally neutral. You know, as David himself says, in sin did my mother conceive me, right? I was, I was born in sin. Uh, you know, Jeremiah 17.9 says that the, the, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. So we have to understand that that child, uh, no matter how cute they are, no matter how, um, you know, how much they might uh, bring pleasure and joy to us and make us laugh and, and cry and all these kind of things, uh, you know, the fact is they're a sinner, okay? Uh, and, and that is their basic problem. And, uh, and that's why God has given us the, uh, the rod, right? So a, a child's uh, heart, you know, Proverbs 22, 15 tells us that, uh, you know, a child's heart is full of folly, okay? And, and, uh, and this folly must be removed. Uh, it must be, you know, driven out, right? Uh, and if you don't do that, then, uh, you know, then the child uh, is at risk, okay? And this is something that we, we really need to accept, right? Our child... Uh, as cute as they are, you know, as, uh, uh, you know, as uh, sweet as they might be, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're a sinner, right? And remember, going back to the, uh, you know, and that verse in Proverbs 20 to 15 says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, okay? It's bound up, it's tied up, it's uh, integral, it's an integral part of the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. So what you're trying to do is drive out the foolishness, okay, the foolishness that is caused by sin. And, and God is saying that there is something fundamentally wrong in the, in the heart of the child. And you must be, you must remove that folly, okay, or you're leaving the child at some risk, right? So uh, we have to be careful though, 
that that we understand what folly is not. Okay, folly is not childishness. Okay, there are certain behavior where they're just being a child. Okay, they they're childish. They don't have the understanding of an adult. And this goes back to the thing about about breaking something, right? Uh, I mean, if 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 you have now, if you've told the child not to do something and the child willfully uh, disobeys, that's that's obviously not childishness. But you know, when a child picks something up and 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 drops it and breaks it, uh, you know, or spills his or her milk or water or whatever juice on the table, you know, parents can get very irritated because now you've got to clean it up and it's a disturbance and it's interrupting whatever you're doing because you're probably cooking something uh, urgent or doing something urgent or teaching another child or whatever it is, right? And that's just not something you want to deal with. So you, you think that the answer to that is to, but that's just childish behavior. Okay? It's just carelessness. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not really folly, right? So, uh, you know, in, in Psalms, uh, Psalm 14, 1, it says, uh, you know, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, right? So, so what is folly? Folly is, uh, is you know, when you, when you look at what scripture defines, that it's, it's used to describe the person who has no fear of God, okay? The person who has no fear of God and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, so, so folly is the absence of wisdom, right? And folly fights against the authority of God and the authority of the parents, and is driven by their own uh, sin nature, okay? driven by their own selfishness, their own passions, their own wants. It disregards authority. Okay, those are the those are the uh, you know those are the elements of folly, right? So, if you don't deal with the folly, or the foolishness in the child at a young age, okay, which is why I said earlier that the, the prime age of spanking is really uh, you know uh, you know starting when they're sort of in that late infancy going into, um, you know, uh, uh, into, into early childhood and then, you know, going towards childhood and then into early childhood and the older a child becomes. I mean, certainly I would say, uh, to take Raj Kamal's example, you know, I mean, beating your, uh, your child who just graduated from college is probably foolish in and of itself, right? I mean, you know, uh, and certainly that's not a reason to, uh, you know, to, uh, to do it, what, what, what we heard there. Um, you know, the rod of discipline is the God-given remedy for this problem. So if you go to Proverbs uh, 23, 14, it says, uh, punish, punish a child or punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. So God is saying, this is the condition of your child, right? Uh, if you allow this foolishness to take root and grow for the next 10 years or 14 years or 15 years, it's going to produce rebellion. Okay, when they become a teenager, they're going to be very, very rebellious and they will not listen to authority. They will not follow authority. Uh, and uh, God has ordained the rod of discipline for this condition. Okay, uh, I know we have had to spank our kids when, even when they were teenagers, very rarely, uh, but, but, but there were times when it was required. But, but I think the reason that it was very rare was because, uh, you know, they didn't get a good amount of spanking early on, right, in their lives. Um, so what are the functions of the rod? Okay, what, what does the rod achieve? Okay, it imparts wisdom and, and, and peace and brings peace. So again, this is the, um, this is all taken from scripture, Proverbs 29, 15. imparts wisdom. Okay, uh, so fearing God and acquiring wisdom comes through the instrumentality of the rod. The rod is the instrument that God has ordained in order to impart wisdom. Okay, and ultimately it will bring peace. Okay, it demonstrates the, the foolishness of rebellion. Um, 
one second to move this up here. Yeah, it demonstrates the foolishness of rebellion, makes the, that should say the child, by the way, not church. That's funny. Uh, makes the child humble to accept instruction if done properly, right? So, so it makes them submit to parental authority. Some of you explained how, you know, uh, you know, Jerry was saying about how the, the rod was there and, uh, you know, as soon as your dad moved towards it, uh, you knew that uh, what was coming, right? Um, and, uh, and I assume that would make you more uh, inclined to listen to your father and, and be obedient. Um, uh, Hebrews 12, 11, okay, talks about chastening of the Lord, right? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So it's a, it's a tool of training. It's a tool of, uh, that produces a harvest. What is that harvest? It's a harvest of righteousness. So, so you know, the, the rod drives foolishness out and replaces it with some element of righteousness, right? And then it leads to peace eventually. Okay, uh, so the rod is not the only means of discipline, but it must be used. So we talked about communication, how important that is. Okay, the rod is not the only means uh, by, by any means, uh, but it's, it's not one to be neglected. Okay, it's not one to be ignored. It's not one to be replaced with a timeout or uh, you know, stand in the corner or whatever uh, other techniques you might think for whatever reason, right? Uh, and so we have to use it. Why? Because the word of God says so. Okay? And we have to, and we will talk about the definition here in a second, uh, um, and that will make a few things clear. So what is, the, what is the definition of the rod? Okay, What is the rod as it's defined in scripture? And the, the author of the book here has, has pulled together a statement I mean, you won't find the statement uh, as is in, in scripture, but, but he's pulled all the elements by looking at all the proverbs and, and, and various principles around it and sort of a long definition. Uh, I think we need to break it down. Okay, um, So I'll just read it out and then we'll break it down. So a parent in faith towards God and faithfulness towards his or her children, undertaking the responsibility of careful, timely, measured, controlled use of physical punishment to underscore the importance of obeying God Thus, rescuing the child from continuing in his foolishness until death. Okay, so so let's just uh, uh, pick this apart a little bit. Okay, first of all, uh, uh, the rod is involves a parent. Okay, so the rod is a, a special um, mechanism or an instrument. Okay, that God has given the authority to the parents. And when we look at everywhere, it talks about the rod in Proverbs. You know, it's talking about the father or the mother or about the parent, right? So this is why. You know, the Bible doesn't grant any permission to other adults, even grandparents, I would say, okay, uh, you know, unless under special circumstances, you have delegated that authority for whatever reason, but ideally you shouldn't, okay, uh, but it is, it is the authority that is given to the parent, okay? it is a tool that's given to the parent, and the reason for that is simply because, um, you know, when you have somebody else doing it, they become just a punisher, okay, the parent is the caregiver, uh, from the very young age, you know, from when they're born uh, and an infant, the parent is, is giving care. The parent is the one who shows love. Okay. And this is supposed to be uh, a love. Okay. I think, uh, you know, my wife used to call, uh, had a term for the rod. She wouldn't call it the rod. She called it love medicine. Okay. And, uh, um, you know, and so all our kids, if you ask them love medicine, they all know what love medicine is. Um, you know, it's a, it's a buddy. Okay. And uh, uh, the, um, and it's important the parent does it because the parent is the one who's constantly showing love. Parent is the one who's constantly showing care. And the child needs to see that balance that 
yeah, the same parent who's using the rod here is also the one who is, uh, who is loves me. And so they make that connection, okay, that, that when you say I'm doing in love, now a teacher or a principal or whoever using a rod can't say, you know, I mean, when you, know, you only, they only use the rod, they don't, they don't really show uh, the kind of love, the kind of tender love that a father or mother does to the child. They don't even have that opportunity, right? So corporal punishment uh, of children is a permission uh, that Bible does not grant to all adults. Okay, so when a teacher undertakes spanking, spank process is removed from the context of the parent-child issue. So this is something that is to happen. Uh, it's a three-way thing, okay? It's a parent, the child, and God, right? These are the three individuals, um, you know, or four, I guess, if you take both parents who, who, who should be involved in this exercise, okay? And that's very, very important, okay? So do not give, uh, you know, you can tell the grandparent, you can tell the relative to let you know, and you take care of that problem, but you, but you shouldn't give somebody else the authority to, to hit your child, okay? Use a rod against your child. Okay, in faith, okay? So this is an act of faith. Now, how is it an act of faith? Faith towards God. Now, act of faith, you know, go back to Hebrews 11. You know, faith is a substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. Now, um, you know, when, especially in, in, in the things that we hear from the world, about the rod, oh, it doesn't work, it teaches the kids the wrong thing, it sends the wrong message, it's child abuse, it's this, it's that. Um, you know, it, it plants doubt, right? So faith is the opposite of doubt. Uh, and, and we do this sometimes wondering because we don't, uh, you know, we don't really know what is, um, you know, what is going on, uh, you know, and, and we don't know if, and, and you know, I've heard several things, uh, comments and some of the questions that have come through saying, you know, I, I do this, but I'm not seeing the change, right? Because we do it and we expect the change and we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but uh, it really requires a lot of faith, okay, to accept what the word of God says, especially when it goes against what society is telling us. Sometimes even our parents might be telling us, you know, the grandparents might be telling us, oh, you shouldn't do this. Okay, it's wrong. You know, you need to, you need to be forgiving and all these kind of things. Uh, you know, it requires a, an element of faith to be able to, to exercise this, right? And to take it literally, uh, and do what God has commanded you. Thirdly, it's an act of faithfulness. So you are being faithful towards your children. Okay, and remember, you know, our job is to be faithful as parents. You know, we can't control all the outcomes. Uh, you know, but but God has called us. We have to be faithful to our calling. We talked about being faithful stewards in terms of handling our money. That that faithful stewardship is something that that you can apply to every area of your Christian life. You know, you want to be faithful with your own spiritual growth. You want to be faithful with in how you address your calling at work. You got to be faithful in your calling as a husband or a wife. You got to be faithful in your calling as a father or mother. So uh, you have to be faithful to whom? To your children, okay? Because um, you know, um, you know, it means that you're taking this this task seriously, um, and you're refusing to be a willing party to the destruction of the child by training them you know, and bring them up in the nurture and admission of the Lord. Okay. The next thing is that it's a responsibility. Okay. It is a responsibility. It is not, uh, it is not an, op an option. Okay. You have the responsibility to use the rod when, it, when the rod is required to be used. Uh, and we'll talk about the, the when and all that later, but um, you know, so the parent, uh, uh, is fulfilling their responsibility that God has given you. God has said, you know, that, that you are to use your rod. You're, you're to drive out the foolishness from the child. And so you have that responsibility uh, towards God. Okay. And then it moves on to explain 
what it is okay it's a physical punishment all right it's a physical punishment the the rod is a physical punishment uh, you know it involves pain right and it explains there what it is it's careful it's timely it's measured and it's controlled all right and we'll talk about that the rod is not it's controlled it means it's not meant to be a, a vent of anger okay some of the examples we heard earlier uh, you know were all around anger okay the parent is angry it didn't they didn't you didn't do what they wanted or whatever you know you didn't meet their expectation about grades and you threatened them uh, no uh you know you have to do it in a measured way in a controlled way it's not wanton use it's not sort of just swinging around and hitting whatever comes in your way uh you know and and this makes a big difference when you apply these adjectives like careful okay careful you do it with care right uh, you do it sparingly okay it's timely all right you do it in a timely way it's not uh, you know i come back i'm irritated you know because i had a bad day at work and so i take it out on everybody else okay it's timely timed with the discipline you don't uh, you know have the child do something and then two weeks later you say come on over i'm going to spank you for what you did two weeks ago that's not timely okay it's got to be measured measured meaning that there should be a a limit to it right it's not just um, you know just um, wantonly hitting them and and abusing them right and it's got to be controlled okay it's not it's not child abuse right so the parent knows the proper measure knows how to control it a proper measure that's aligned with the severity for what you're punishing them right based on you know uh, if it's a repeat thing if it's you know something that they are constantly uh, ignoring what you've done even though they 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 understand clearly and then it's a rescue mission okay so what you do is you underscore the importance of obeying god right this is about obedience god so i'm obeying god okay and you are disobeying god by not obeying me and so you have the consequences of that right and the consequences physical punishment go back to you know hebrews uh, you know that uh, the, the passage there in hebrews chapter 12 which talks about you know no chastening seems uh, you know seems pleasant uh, you know when it happens right but it it yields that fruit of righteousness okay so and you're rescuing the child from continuing in his foolishness okay which it says that foolishness you know if it's not controlled if it's not beaten out of the child or, or driven out of the child it will uh, you know it will lead to death okay you are you are you are you are sort of training that child that it's okay to continue in this foolishness okay so so i i really like this definition because it's it's quite rich and it captures i think all of the different elements uh, and uh, you know help us uh, help us to really get a get a sense of what it is and what it's not for that matter okay so the rod is something to be used uh you know in faith it's be used by the parents be uh it's a responsibility you have to carry out it's uh, it's physical it's meant to be controlled measured timely and careful and it's meant to rescue the child right and and it's a way for them to really understand the gospel i mean when you talk about the the consequence of sin right why did jesus have to die why did jesus have to bear those physical punishment right uh, it's because sin has a consequence right the wages of sin is death and yes physical it causes physical pain okay sin causes physical pain and you are trying to use the rod as a way to get them to understand these things okay so uh, what are some distortions of the rod i think we've talked about some of these you know so the rod is not um not not a license to to just uh, to be used in temper right and there's a beautiful verse in one uh, james 120 man's anger or the anger of man does not bring about the righteous 
life that God desires. Okay, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And we got to apply this in every way, even when we're dealing with, with people in the church who have sinned. You know, uh, as elders, we have to keep reminding ourselves. You know, sometimes we get we get angry. You know, we get angry because of something somebody has done, and we don't understand. And we have to keep reminding ourselves. You know, the right the, the unrighteous anger of man does not cause the righteousness of God. So we have to set aside our anger. It's not something to be done uh, in unbridled uh, with an unbridled temper. Uh, it's not the right to hit our children whenever we want. Okay, but it's to be used in the context of correction and discipline. Okay, there are certain uh, you know, instances, certain issues, certain problems in, in, in the life of your child that require you to do this. And it's only then that you do it. It's not sort of, you know, I'm angry or I'm irritated or I had a bad day at work or, you know, I, I, or whatever, right? I mean, any reason that, that um, everything and anything doesn't give you the right to, to hit your children. Okay, it's not the venting of frustration. I talked about that. It's not retribution. Okay, so so it is not a payment. So in other words, you know, a lot of times we, uh, you know, we start, um, um, you know, hitting our children uh, as retribution and, and saying, you know, I'm hitting you, um, you know, because uh, you have done this or it's a, it's like a punishment. It's it's not really meant to be punitive. Yes, there is a punitive element to it, but the goal of this is for them to understand the pain that sin causes and to then restore them. Okay, so it says in the book, they see discipline. Uh, so some parents see discipline as a child paying for his sins rather than correction, having the positive goal of restoration. It has a negative goal of payment. It's not about payment. It's about correction, right? It's about teaching them. Uh, yes, there are consequences and uh, you know, you're going to get a taste of those consequences with, with, you know, when I apply the rod. Right? It's not to be associated with vindictive anger. So taking it out on the child, um, you know, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and this is a very common thing that, uh, you know, that uh, that people uh, are just they just get so angry and, and it's like you know I'm taking it out on them, right? And and, and the wild sort of whacking around and, and frankly I've done that at times uh, very regretfully, um, you know, where where I couldn't control the anger and and. Uh, and, and I've always regretted it. I've always gone back and apologized to the children when I've done this. Um, you know, so it, it, it happens to, to everyone, but that's not the intent. Okay? It's not associated with, uh, it's not to be associated with, with vindictive anger, right? Yeah, there is something called righteous anger or righteous indignation, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, but, but you have to be very careful about this, right? It's, it, we got to figure out why am I doing it, okay? Um, you know, it's whose honor is being preserved. So remember, righteous anger. Okay, Jesus uh, exhibited righteous anger. When did he exhibit righteous anger? Right when uh, when he came to the temple. Right, it says that that he was angry at them at who at the money changers. You know, and he, and what did he say? You have, uh, you know, this is my father's house of prayer, and you have made it into a den of thieves. Right. So whose honor was he defending? It wasn't his own. Okay, it was God the Father's. Right. Uh, he says, my father. So, uh, so, you know, it is the honor of God. Righteous anger is being angered when God's honor is being questioned or God's honor is being dishonored, okay, not being respected. Okay, it's not about my honor. Okay? So very important that we understand these distortions because frankly, uh, I think all of us have uh, you know, been subject to these, these distortions. We are all sinners as well. And it's very important that, you know, to... Maintain your credibility with your child that if this is what has happened in your life, that you go and, 
you know, and you, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you make it clear to the Lord, uh, to the child that you sinned and you ask, repent, you know, you repent and you ask forgiveness from the Lord. Okay. So what are some objections to the, to the rod? Uh, I love my children to spank them too much. I think we address this. Okay. It's love medicine. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 13, 24, you know, uh, says he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline. Okay, so it's 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 actually a, a sign of love. Okay, it's because you love this child that that you're spanking. Okay, I'm afraid that I will hurt him. Okay, so this is sort of you know, um, and this this typically comes from those uh, as the one comment we got earlier. Uh, you know, is that it comes from uh, from people perhaps who have been abused. Okay, by the rod, by their parents using it. You know, using it with all of these distortions, right? Um, you know, and, uh, and so they're afraid. Um, but, um, you know, Proverbs 23, 13 and 14 says, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. So, you know, if you're doing it in a biblically balanced way, it will not endanger the physical health of the child. Okay, It's not abuse. It's not about, you know, beating them black and blue. It's not about causing welts on their bottoms it's uh, if you're doing that then you're doing the wrong thing okay that's child abuse okay and so um, so it's very important that that we don't like i said earlier throw out the baby with the bathwater and uh, and and because of things that might have to happen in life we just uh, avoid objecting okay i'm afraid that it'll make him rebellious and angry which is interesting because um, you know because what does the word of god say and again, this is a matter of faith, right? Proverbs 29, 17 says, discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Okay, if you want children who are going to delight your soul, you know, you need to use the rod in the way that, that we define. Okay? Um, you know, uh, otherwise, you know, you end up spoiling. You know, there's an old saying, it's actually not, uh, I guess it's derived from some of the biblical thing, but you know, spare the rod and spoil the child, right? There's definitely some biblical truth to that. Uh, okay, I'm afraid of teaching him to hit. Okay, so again, um, you know, uh, so this this sort of happens when this sort of result comes about when you do your your use of the rod or the spanking in anger. Okay, that's typically what happens. So the danger of children seeing hitting as an appropriate response to frustration will arise only if parents are spanking in anger. Okay, so so that becomes a, a model. So you you know you hear about men who abuse their children because they were sorry, their wives, uh, you know, and we say, well, you know, they grew up that way. And you think, well, no, if you do it in the way that we defined it, you know, in a God honoring way, in a biblical way, you know, this is not going to happen because again, it's not going to be uh, done in anger. It's not going to be done in an abusive way. Okay. And then we say it doesn't work. All right. So this is a common one. You know, it doesn't work. Um, you know, and, uh, and again, when you look at why it doesn't work, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it. One of them is that, um, is, is that because, you know, we don't use, do, do it the right way, right? We're not doing it the right way. We're doing it in anger. We're doing it in frustration. Um, and, uh, um, you know, secondly, uh, another reason that it doesn't work is because we are inconsistent, okay? The child doesn't know uh, what causes a spanking or what brings about a spanking. We have to be very clear, okay, uh, and consistent. And when they do that, we have to, and sometimes we, we are, it's difficult to be consistent because you know we're in the middle of something else and it's a, it's going to take your time and it's, it's just tough to to carry through with it right 
Um, and then, uh, so inconsistent use of the rod. The other one is persistence or lack of persistence, right? So we give up in discouragement. We, we give up easily. And, you know, nothing in life is easy. Okay. I mean, you can't lose weight by, you know, by skipping one meal. You can't uh, get physically strong by exercising once a week, uh, you know, or, 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 or less frequently. Okay. You have to do it. You can't get better at athletics by, by just practicing, you know, once in a while. Right? When you do things on a regular basis, you do things, it, it produces the effect, the result. And, and remember, all of this builds, right? It builds. You know, it's, it's like when you are doing it the right way, when you are doing it consistently, right? People, you know, you're doing it for the right reasons and doing it consistently. And when you persist in it, you know, you'll, you'll see the result come over time. Just because you start spanking today and, you know, you don't see the result tomorrow or next week or next month or, or whatever, it doesn't mean that you give up, right? Uh, and then, um, you know, another reason why it says in the book is failure to be effective. Okay? Sometimes we, we are afraid to give them a nice, nice spank. Spanking should hurt. Okay? It should hurt. It shouldn't, it shouldn't cause physical injury. Okay. But it should hurt. Okay. So we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but you know, if the rod doesn't feel, you know, if the, if the child doesn't feel the rod, you know, then, uh, you know, we've all done those things, right? Uh, uh, I, I'm sure this describes at least some of you in the or in the in the group here, where you know maybe you knew something was coming, you had done something wrong in school, and you know the teacher was going to talk to them, and you you know that evening you put on like three pairs of underwear, okay, uh, and two pairs of shorts to to get enough padding, okay, um, you know, uh, so so again you know the the, the 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 father mother has to make sure that the child is feeling the pain, okay. It doesn't work uh, well, uh, you know. Uh, that, that so so these are all the reasons why it doesn't work. And then finally, I'm afraid of being arrested for child abuse. So certainly, in some countries, this is a legitimate problem, and uh, you know, and we should be careful about it. But again, I think we should obey the word of God. Okay, again, don't do it. You know, a lot of the time, the the law where there are laws, uh, you know, it's not a law against spanking. It's more a law against child abuse, and certainly. You know, spanking uh, the rod used the right way is not child abuse, right? But but again, you want to make sure that uh, that you're not shaming the child. Okay, we often do it in public. So so Raj gave us an example of how he was beaten up by his dad in, in front of all the other kids. Okay, um, you know those kind of things are just wrong. I mean, that's not uh, that's not right. You're you're shaming the kids. You're bringing embarrassment to them. You know, again, go back to what I said. You know, the 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 purpose of this is restoration. Okay, it is to help them to understand who they are, understand the, the nature of sin in their life. And you want a positive goal. It's not a negative goal, right? So the, the person who beats them in public and all that is, 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 is trying to embarrass them, trying to shame them, trying to, um, you know, give them retribution and punishment. It's punitive. Um, and so if we don't, uh, you know, if, if we, uh, if, if we uh, are careful about it and we use it the way it was intended, then, uh, you know, uh, we won't have, some of these problems, okay. Uh, and maybe one more thing I should uh, I should make very clear is that um, you know there are people who who maybe object to the rod, you know, and sometimes try to justify that from scripture. Personally, I don't see anywhere in scripture any justification for scripture for saying that the rod is not a legitimate means of punishment. Okay? We, we looked at all those passages in um, in uh, in scripture. It is not. Uh, it is also not right to say that, uh, 
you know, that God doesn't use the rod. I mean, that's, uh, that's what, uh, I mean, of course, he doesn't use the literal rod, but, uh, um, but you know, uh, it, um, in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, right, uh, where he talks about the discipline of God, that whole section starting in Hebrews 12 uh, and verse 3 uh, onwards, it talks about the exhortation, right? It says, uh, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, right? My son, do not despise the discipline of the Lord. Uh, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Okay, remember the word scourge here is not, you know, we talked about the Lord Jesus Christ being scourged, okay, with the whips. Um, you know, he scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Okay, he's talking here about uh, about physical discipline. He's talking about uh, about uh, uh, chastening. Okay, about uh, um, you know uh, discipline from the Lord. If you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate. Okay, so he's saying that not being chastened is a sign uh, that you may not be legitimate. Okay, you, you may not be a legitimate child uh, of which um, further we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. So again, this discipline is talking about is for correction. Okay, and we respected them. Shall we not much more really be in subject, readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seen best. He's talking about your earthly fathers. They chastened us for a few days uh, as seemed best to them. But he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. So that chastening, why is that chastening given to us? By God. Okay, so that we may be partakers of his holiness. Okay, so that we may be holy, so that that foolishness, that sin might be driven out of our lives. Now, verse 11, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Okay, it is painful. Um, nevertheless, Afterward, he yields the peaceful, peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So chastening is training. Chastening is painful. Chastening is, 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 is to encourage us. Chastening is to make us more holy, right? And that's the way it says God deals with you as a son or as his daughter, right? So we can't say that, you know, that, uh, that spanking is unscriptural. It's wrong. Uh, and the scripture doesn't uh, permit it. Okay? That's, that's really going against a direct... Uh, you know, what, what we just read uh, in, the, in the word of God, right? So those are the objections. So now let's look at the, before we talk about the when and the how and all that, uh, let's talk about some of the fruits, okay? What is the, uh, what is the fruit? What is the results that you get when you consistently use the rod, okay, uh, with your children, okay? So you teach them uh, that they reap what they sow, that there are outcomes to behavior. So this is an important thing that children must realize as they grow up, they must learn that, you know, when you do certain things, there's a consequence. Okay, if you go and touch the hot stuff, you're going to get burnt, right? Now that's a little more harder to see with character issues. Okay, with physical things, it's almost instantaneous, and they learn it naturally, right? So if they uh, if they know that uh, you know if they try to go down the stairs or, or whatever, they're going to uh, they're going to fall. You know, that that physical one experience will really teach them, right? Uh, now, when it comes to character issues, this is not the case, which is why you need uh, to use the rod for them to understand that that there is pain, uh, you know, it produces pain. So it's sort of a, uh, you know, uh, sort of helping them to learn that uh, 
So, you know, and, uh, and there are several things about the sowing and reaping. There's a principle in scripture, okay? You go to Galatians chapter six and all that, you know, whatever a man sows, that shall he reap, right? And that is uh, true with, uh, you know, with your sexual life, with your uh, thought life, with your, uh, you know, anything really in life, right? And, and there's some principles around sowing, right? So one is that, uh, you know, whatever you sow, that you will reap, okay? So if you sow, um, you know, as it says, to the flesh, you know, you'll reap uh, destruction. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap, uh, you know, eternal life or the, you know, the benefits of eternal life. Um, you know, if you, if you reap, if you sow wheat, you'll get wheat, right? If you sow corn, you'll get corn. So you're not going to get something different. Okay? You can't sow, you know, uh, you can't sow wrong things and get good things out of it. Secondly, the uh, second principle is that, um, is that, uh, you know, there's a delay, okay? It's like Zoom, you know, there's a delay. Um, you know, the, you know, you do something today, you know, you sow something today, it takes a while for the reap. So you may not see the consequences right away. It's like the farmer, right? He has to wait patiently, right? Uh, in James, as a, it talks about this in example, right? The farmer waits patiently, the rain has to come, the seasons have to go, and then, you know, boom, the, the crop comes out, right? Uh, uh, if everything goes according to plan, so so you don't you don't reap immediately. You sow something today, you might reap it in the future, right? And the third thing is that uh, you know uh, you always reap more than what you sow. You know you put that one seed and it brings a bushel, right? Uh, so you know you sow sparingly, you reap bountifully. Okay, so you know you do a little bit of you know wrong stuff today. Uh, it's not a like for like. It's not a one for one ratio. The, in the sowing and reaping. Okay? So the same principles you apply to agriculture, it applies to moral issues, character issues, life issues. Uh, and, uh, and so it's important that our children learn this, um, you know, this very, very important principle. Okay? Second thing is to show them that, uh, you know, that uh, it shows God's authority over you and as the parents. Okay? And, and so, you know, when you use it, uh, what you have to impress upon the child is that you are using because God has told you to use it. Okay, God is your authority and you have to be obedient to him. And similarly, uh, you know, you are then uh, teaching your children that they likewise have to be obedient to you because you are the God-ordained authority over their lives. Okay. Uh, it trains a child. So, so like I said, it trains a child while they're young that God has given everybody. God has placed me... Uh, me, the child, under the authority of my father and mother. He has placed the father and mother under the authority of, uh, of himself, right? Um, you know, when they go out into school, they are under authority. When they go into life, you know, in the workplace, they are under authority. When they are in the church, they are under authority. So you're sort of teaching this. You're, you're really training them in the principle of authority. And when an authority, the authority figure in your life has the, you know, in certain respects, of course, different aspects, okay, the authority figure has authority over you to correct you, has authority over you to punish you, to, to, to apply some sanction. Of course, you know, if you're an elder, you don't spank your, your, your flock, um, you know, um, you, you apply authority in different ways, right? You apply authority by giving instruction, you apply authority by, uh, by telling them to refrain from certain things. Sometimes in the extreme case, you apply authority by putting them out of the church, you know, uh, based on what scripture says about that, right? By excommunicating people from the church. You know, if you're a, a, a policeman, you've got authority, okay? Policemen can't make you do everything, 
okay he has a, a, a he has a scope of authority that's given to him right if you speed he can give you a, a citation okay or a ticket okay if you steal he can arrest you right uh, with with certain stipulations right uh, a judge has authority to sentence you right uh, but they can come and tell you you know uh, they don't have authority sort of limitless authority over everything okay so so we need to train our children about this authority because this is very important as they go into society they need to learn this principle of authority and being under authority okay it demonstrates uh, another fruit of the rod is that it demonstrates parental love and commitment so we saw this in in, uh, in hebrews 12:5 right uh, uh, you know discipline is a sign of sonship you know we god disciplines you because he treats you as a, he considers you as a son okay the parent who disciplines shows he loves his child he is not an uninterested party he is not ambivalent he is engaged and involved okay his commitment runs deep deep enough to invest himself in careful discipline so it's really and that's why this is something given to the parents because the parents are the one who take care of the child parents are the one who who demonstrate love okay and when you do that then you uh, you know along with that comes the authority to uh, be able to use the rod as well okay it yields the harvest of peace and righteousness again in that in that passage in hebrews 12 right uh, it says no discipline seems pleasant at the time so at the time that it's applied the discipline is applied it's not pleasant but painful okay it, it, it's very painful at that point in time the child may cry and so on later on however it produces a harvest so this is that sowing and reaping principle again okay it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it so you're training your child by the rod okay and it will produce a harvest of righteousness you have to accept this by faith and, and do it in a in a proper consistent way um okay the, uh, while unpleasant timely careful discipline while unpleasant and painful at the time uh, yields happy successful children okay so these are the fruits of the rod and um, um and uh, you know uh, the rod sort of you know what happens is the child sins the child does something you know they move out of that place of blessing the rod brings them back okay it brings them back under authority and through that you're teaching them okay so we're going to look at the uh, the procedure uh, this is actually from um, i think it's chapter 15 um which talks about the uh, procedures yeah uh, the training procedures so what are the procedures and remember as i said you know remember the the graph right that shows your authority like this and then your uh, influence you know like this right so over time so the earlier part of the life you know when the child is in infancy to childhood is when you should use the rod more okay and later in life you 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 need to be influencing them more right uh, rather than using authority so the rod is the primary tool so we find this in uh, in proverbs 22 verse 15 Okay, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. So, so during this time frame of infancy to childhood, now what is infancy to childhood? Generally, it's somewhere between one and a half to, you know, and it varies by child, going up to about seven, eight-ish. You know, you can you can go a little further. This is not to say that you don't use the rod after that. It's that during this period is when the rod should be the primary tool. Now that might be a little counterintuitive because. Uh, you know we think or oh, we don't want to hurt is the little child but but remember okay go back to this verse folly is bound up in the heart of a child okay the rod of discipline will drive it far from him so the reason for this is that that period of time especially from about 2 to you know uh, 
five or seven, you know, mainly two to five, you know, every uh, the, the, you know, the people have done medical professions have done all the research and they found out that, that that is the time period during which the, the learning ability of the, of the child is at the maximum. Okay. So the, so the, the rate of learning, okay. Now you learn a lot of things later, but the rate of learning slows down. So this is the kind of time period where the, where the child learns to speak, for example, learns language, learns a lot more about the world, you know, learns uh, not just physical things, but, but mental things. His mental, he's physically growing tremendously, but he's also mentally growing and emotionally growing. Um, and uh, at no other point in the life of a child do they experience a higher rate of growth. Okay, after this, the rate of growth slows down. Okay, and in fact, there's something to do with the synapses firing and all this kind of nerve system and all that because the nerves are developing, right? As they learn things, you know, the new nerves being formed and all this kind of stuff. It's a little bit above my uh, knowledge base, but, uh, but, but roughly speaking, you know, the important thing is just to understand that. And during that period is when you really shape the child. Okay, and you, if you don't shape the child well in this period of time, it becomes extremely, not impossible, but extremely difficult later on, okay? Um, and, uh, and so that's why it's very important, okay? So foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline, the rod of correction will drive it far from him, okay? So, you know, a young child does not give proper weight, it says this in the book, I'm just reading, does not give proper weight to words alone. His attention is secured when those words are punctuated by a sound spanking, okay? So, uh, yeah, that's what I just said. Um, so when do you use a rod? Okay, so uh, this is important. Okay, so when do you use a rod is when the child is given a directive that he has heard and is within his capacity to understand and he has not obeyed without challenge, without excuse and without del delay. Okay, so this is of course uh, uh, easy statement to make, but it's a little, uh, little difficult to implement because, you know, primarily because the, it, it, it does involve some judgment. Okay. So directive, I think we understand that. You tell the child, do this or do that, okay? And, and you know that he has heard it, okay? And you know that it's within his capacity to understand. Now you have to gauge as you uh, observe the child, uh, as you're uh, you know, interacting with the child, do they have the capacity to understand? Now, how do we know this? Okay, it's not, uh, it's a little bit of uh, art more than science, but you know, when you tell the child other things, you can observe, do they understand? Okay, when... Um, when you tell a child don't do something and they do it and then you move away and then they look around, you know, you observe that they're looking around and they don't see you, they immediately go back. You know that they understand. Okay. Uh, and, and this understanding is there even in, in animals. Okay. We have our two cats somewhere around here, you know, and it's very, very uh, thing is that uh, when they, uh, they are, they're scared of Amuchi. Okay. So, uh, because uh, they always go in the kitchen and their target is the trash, uh, the food trash, okay? And they know that they'll knock that little, you know, green bin over and, and, and Amichi is, gives them nicely and sends them out, okay? So the cat will go in there and look around. If they see Amichi, they'll turn back around and come out, okay? Um, so that cat understands, all right? That he's not supposed to do the, the, the thing, okay? Now, I'm not saying go and spank your cat. Uh, I was just making the point that, uh, you know, even animals understand this. So certainly children understand it. They understand it better than we give them credit for sometimes. Okay. So if it's within his capacity to understand and he has not obeyed. Okay. Now you can apply your judgment and say, you know what? The first time he didn't understand it. I tell him, but the second time, maybe he forgets it. Okay. Oh, I forgot. I, 
have a lot of this experience with Josiah. Uh, you know, mostly he leaves things around, right? And and uh, and he said, "Oh, I forgot." I know he really does forget. Okay, but you know, if he forgets once, okay. If he forgets two times, maybe okay. Third time, you know, onwards, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not just uh, uh, you know forgetfulness, and and you can't tolerate forgetfulness either. Okay, that means he's not thinking. He's just forgetting. Uh, you know, forgetfulness is not acceptable either. Okay, in the heat of the moment, you might forget, but you know, he's being disobedient, right? So you have to identify clear disobedience. Okay, and, and look at that definition of disobedience: is without challenge, without excuse, and without delay, right? So you does it right away. It's not. It's not later. It's not. Uh, oh, but you know, this, that, or the other. It's not. Well, why do I have to do it? Okay, why not him? Why not her? Okay, um, or as typically happens because you know in my family we have we have so many kids, right? So I'll say, uh, I say, Joy, get me something, you know, get my phone. Uh, you know, the next thing that happens is Paul, get Dad's phone, and Paul will say, Danny, get Dad's phone, Danny, Josiah, get Dad's phone. Okay, so it keeps getting transmitted down. Okay, that eventually it ends somewhere, um, and um, you know, so that, that's a little that's that's not obedience without challenge. Okay, that's really not obedience, right? If I tell Joy to get the phone, Joy needs to go and get the phone, right? Um, okay. So why use the rod? Because God commands it, okay? And be consistent, all right? And one of the reasons why, why we have uh, uh, these, one of the objections to the rod is, is of course, about, you know, um, um, you know, the thing about child abuse and, 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 and it doesn't work, right? So, uh, you know, a lot of parents say, well, I tried it, but it doesn't work. Okay, most of the time when you dig into it, what you'll find is that uh, the reason it doesn't work is that, uh, you know, is because the parent is very inconsistent. Okay, and the child himself needs to learn that, you know what, this kind of behavior gets the rod every time. Okay, every time I do this kind of behavior, it gets a rod. So this is not acceptable. Okay, and, and of course, when you apply it with communication, you want them to do it not just because of the rod, but because they understand uh, why, right? They understand the why of why they should do that or shouldn't do something. All right, so good. Let's go to the when and the how. Uh, so this is uh, this is the uh, the rubber hits the road kind of uh, uh, situation. Okay, how do you do it? Exactly what everybody's been waiting for. All right, so when do you do it? I mentioned, okay, primarily infancy to childhood varies, but generally one to five, you can extend that, you know, every child is different, but, you know, roughly ballparkish, you know, one and one, one and a half, sometimes two, uh, but the earlier, the better. Okay. Again, depends on the child. And child has heard the direction, which is within his capacity to understand, but has not obeyed without challenge, without excuse or without delay. All right. Now, how do you do it? First of all, you know, you take the child to a private place. You maintain his dignity. Okay. This is important. Okay? And this, this also is a, is a bit of a, uh, a safety valve or a, or a circuit breaker to prevent, um, you know, to prevent you from, uh, from blowing your top, okay, blowing your fuse, okay, and, and, and getting mad. Okay? You take them away and, and maintaining his dignity means you, know, you don't punish the child, uh, you know, in front of other, in front of his brothers or sisters or other people or whatever, right? You take him aside. Okay, this is important. This takes time, okay? If you want to do this properly, it takes time. It's not something that you can just do it. And trust me, I've done it many times the wrong way. So, so uh, I'm not speaking to you as someone who perfectly mastered this. Um, tell him specifically what he has done, spelling mistake there, or failed to do. 
all right so so you have to communicate with the child and you start the communication with telling him you know what here's why we are we are here's why i've called you here's why we are having this conversation i'm going to spank you and here's why right what has he done what have you done or, or, or and be be as specific as possible okay um and uh, you know uh, generally speaking when you when your child is young you're you're uh, you're correcting him for specific say physical actions okay actions that he did or didn't do okay as a child grows up it's more for attitude issues okay you yeah you you said this or you said that and uh, but you you did it with the wrong attitude you might have done what was asked but you didn't do it with the right attitude right so as they grow up maybe when they are 4 years old 5 years old you focus a little bit more on the attitude and issues when they are young you focus more on the action okay um okay so it's it's always got to be driven by issues get an acknowledgement from the child of what he has done so make the child verbalize what he has done you know do you know what you did wrong okay do you know why it was wrong right so um you know um, and uh, uh, and this is important because again uh, two things one is get this the getting the acknowledgement is important but more than that you're having that communication okay you're cooling down right you're explaining to the child you're making it sort of a, a methodical a kind of thing and not just a rash action okay remind him that spanking is not because you are angry but to obey god's command and to restore him to the place of god's blessing so you can say you know what um you know here's why i'm doing this okay i just want you to know that you know i don't enjoy spanking okay i don't enjoy hitting you it's something that i would rather it, it grieves my heart and it it bothers me to have to do it okay it makes me sad to do it but you know and i'm not angry at you but You know, God says that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Quote the scriptures. Okay, you need to memorize a few of these scriptures and quote the scriptures back because they understand that it's directly connected to scriptures. You know, Proverbs uh, says that you know foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, and you've been very foolish with your disobedience or with that kind of an attitude, right? It's a very foolish attitude, and here's why, right? And uh, God, I'm obeying God, okay, and this is to restore you back, okay? When you do those kind of things, you you damage our fellowship. tell the child how many swords he or she will will receive okay so this is a this is again uh, uh, several of these are sort of circuit breakers okay it's, it's meant to keep you under control so that you're not just going wild as many of you know when we talked last week many of you gave examples of how you know when you uh, i think somebody had mentioned about dad uh, hitting them with um, you know in front of the classroom and all that so you can see how several in that incident i think it was rajkamal several of these things were violated okay it wasn't done in private you didn't maintain your dignity um you know uh, you weren't told how many things you know there was no explanation of why you're getting spanked right uh, there was no acknowledgement nothing okay um so you tell him you're going to get 3 or 4 or 5 or 6 or 7 whatever the number is okay do not spank on the bare bottom but ensure pain is felt now now in the book they are a little bit uh, you know say that you have to remove the his his pants and all that i would uh, i would sort of not agree with that totally i, I think it's important you know to avoid uh, damage the child but uh, the point here is that you know make sure that uh, you know you know you, you some of you have done these kind of things you know i think uh, uh, i think uh, i think you probably have stories okay where you knew that something was coming okay you did something in school and you know yeah today evening uh you know even and if you didn't think that your brother or sister would have ah you watch when daddy comes home you know you're going to get nice one you know right and so what do you do you go and put uh, stuff 
three pairs of underwear and shorts and all that. Okay, because you know that. Uh, so the point here is make sure that pain, they feel the pain. Okay, they're not doing some nonsense to, uh, to avoid, uh, you know, avoid pain. Okay, but, uh, but it's probably not, not a smart thing to do it on a bare bottom. Okay, now you do the spanking. You say, I'm going to give you three swats or four swats or whatever it is. You do it, boom, 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 boom. Okay, five swats, right? Uh, nicely. Okay, after the spanking, what do you do? You take the child on your lap, hug, hug them, tell them you love him, how much you're grieved to spank him, and that you hope that it will not be needed again. Okay, so uh, so this is uh, this is really very uh, very important part. Okay, um, I'm not sure what that. Uh, yeah, ensure restoration. Sorry, it was covered up there. So ensure that uh, that you are uh, restoring uh, the child. Okay, so this is this is critical that you know you don't finish uh, spanking and they're in tears and, and screaming their head off or whatever they're doing and you send them off like that. Okay. Uh, and this is something that I do quite, um, uh, you know, this is something that I followed uh, pretty much uh, all the time where, you know, rarely have I spanked the child and sent them off without doing this, right? So, so you, 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 you sit them down next to you or put an arm around them, put them on your lap if they're a little child, give them a hug. And, and go back to scripture, okay? Take them back to scripture, take them back to the gospel and, uh, and make sure that your relationship, so the child should not leave your presence in anger, okay? Uh, and this is really, really critical. In the book, it says, you know, the restoration process is paramount, okay, on page 149. If the issue has not been your personal anger, but the child's moving out of the circle of safety, then you don't want your child to be in the doghouse, nor do you, nor do you want to be in the doghouse, okay? When the discipline is over, it is over. There is no carryover. The slate is clean. It's time to start fresh. The restoration process ensures that you can do that. Okay. And then last one is, you know, make, pray with the child. Okay. Uh, here in the book, it says pray with him. I would encourage you to add to that. I added the, make the child pray. Okay. So you make the child pray and then pray for him and explain the gospel. In your prayer, you, 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 you emphasize the fact that, you know, your child is a sinner. And you thank the Lord that you sent the Lord Jesus. Thank God that you sent the Lord Jesus, his son, to die for his sin and pray that your child may understand that uh, his, his heart of sin and that, you know, that the Lord might draw him and he may turn from his sinful ways and repent, okay, and, and come to the Savior. So this is a great opportunity to, to, to really put the gospel into their hearts, okay. Um, and uh, I'm sure you guys, you will all have questions about this, but, um, you know, I, it's important that... Uh, that you apply these principles because as you can say, as I said, several things here are there to stop you from, from doing some of, you know, some of those things we talked about earlier, right? The, these, these guys, it's there to stop you from the unbridled temper. It's there to uh, not hit them whenever you want, you know, because when you, when you have to take the time, you sort of calm down, okay? you get over that initial anger, okay? not out of frustration and so on and so forth. Okay. So keep, uh, keep these in mind and, uh, so balance and discipline. Now, this is very, very important. Okay. So there are two methods and I want to come back to this. Okay. Rich communication and the rod. Okay. We talked about rich communication first for a, for a, for a reason. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you focus too much on one or the other, it creates an imbalance. Okay. You need to have them in the right proportion. Too much rod, it leads to authoritarianism. It leads to, um, you know, resistance in the child. You know, it leads to provocation of the child. 
too much communication leads to permissiveness where you are like always talking and you know you just want to talk about it and you let them get away with it okay um, you'll be doing a lot of talking okay uh, hebrews 12 5 and 6 okay you get words of encouragement plus discipline let me uh, let me just read that Hebrews twelve. So we know that Hebrews twelve is talking about discipline and chastening. Yeah, Hebrews twelve uh, five. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. Okay. So 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 there is exhortation, right? Which is encouragement. My son. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. Right? For whom the Lord loves, He chastens and scourges every son whom He receives. So, what do we have there? Okay, we have so we have three or three words there, right? Or four words. Um, you know, we have chastening, right? We have rebuke, um, you know, uh, and we have scourge. Okay, sorry, three words. Okay, chastening, rebuke, and scourge. So you can see that chastening can be different kinds of punishment. Rebuke is 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 words okay words to to correct words to encourage okay um you know it says don't be discouraged when you're rebuked rebuke is given to you to encourage you uh, and and scourge scourge is sort of very painful you know you say he was scourged right jesus was scourged you know by the whip right so uh, so scourge is sort of tough physical punishment right so it's it's a balance you know it's encouragement it's it's rebuke it's correction it's all those Different modes of communication, types of communication we talked about, and it's the uh, chastening. Okay, so you know, rod preserves biblically rooted parental authority. Rich communication prohibits the cold, tyrannical discipline. Okay, so so it avoids the tyranny of the parent. Okay, if you if you add in the communication angle, and and as I said, you know, at different ages of the children, different ones take primacy. When the child is young, it's the rod. When the child grows older, it's more communication and less rod. Okay, all right. So that's the uh, that's the crux of it. And uh, you know, in the book, there are uh, there are some FAQs. You know, from page one fifty one, and uh, you know, this sorry in uh, yeah one fifty one. This is in chapter fifteen. So it says, uh, what is a spanking issue? You know, so it says issues of defiance. When is my child old enough? Um, you know, when is a child too old? Uh, can I use a timeout instead of spanking? What if a child says, "But I didn't hear you"? Um, if I follow your counsel, all I'll do is spank. Well, okay, um, you know. So these are just excuses that people bring up. What if I'm too mad? You know, if you're too mad, you need to cool down and do it in the way that we prescribed here, that we discussed here, uh, and and so on and so forth. You know, what do I? What if I know my child is lying to me? And let me let me just give you a little example of this balance, and then I'll I'll close and maybe we can open up for questions. Okay, so. So, um, you know, the uh, this just this last week, uh, and, and this was like combination of multiple things. Okay, so we were having lunch, and one of my children, um, probably you all will guess who it is, um, he didn't like his food. Okay, uh, and he thought his food was too much food, and um, you know, uh, and uh, and this fellow, you know, I have to always sort of, uh, you know, tell him he sits there and read, he meditates on his food, he. You know he, uh, he he gets distracted. He talks to his brothers, you know, on this subject and that subject. And every time during the meal, I have to remind him at least three or four times to say, "Hey, stop talking and eat your food. Taste, you know, finish your food." Because I look at his plate and everything is still there, you know, just as the beginning. So anyway, um, 
so um, you know of course if he likes the food it goes very fast but anyway that's how orchids are so so he was eating his food and everybody else was done and um, you know it was um, uh, you know we all left we went away and i went and did uh, something and i came back and then i saw that there was there was rice there was rice okay all over the floor okay both on the floor next to it. well first i saw the rice in the in the little pathway that goes to the kitchen which was quite a bit away from where he, and he was the only one there okay and uh, then um, i said what is this where did this rice come from did you dump this oh no i didn't you know he lied okay and um, then i called the other guy said did you do this did you by accident tip your plate over or something when you were going to put it in the kitchen uh, no 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 it wasn't me it wasn't me i i promise it wasn't me you know and then uh, so you got the little guy there sitting sitting there uh, you know with a smug look on his face and then uh, then i called the third person you know and he also said oh no 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 i would never do such a thing you know uh, you know and, and and so i was sort of like what's going on now, then i looked around his you know he was still sitting there trying to finish what was left and sure enough there was a tray okay there was a trail from his uh, thing under the table out the other side of the table towards the kitchen all right and i still didn't figure out how he did that but anyway so so finally at that point in time he realized that you know things and he, and he owned up okay because he saw his brothers might get in trouble and uh, and i reminded him i said you know what are you telling the truth yes 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 i'm telling the truth another lie okay and uh, then he immediately started sobbing and he said uh, yes it was me okay so guilty conscious whatever and i said it was me so unfortunately it was 2 o'clock and i had a call at 2 o'clock and i had called from 2 to 6 so i told him you know you and i are going to have a talk okay and um, and the poor guy you know he says okay and uh, you know i came running up take my call and then 10 seconds later he comes in to the thing he said uh, are we going to have a talk now and i said no not right now i've got uh, you know i've got to um, i've got these calls it goes on forever you know for, for several hours so let's talk later okay and then later sort of didn't come okay so then evening we had dinner uh, and we had prayer and then he fell asleep and he went off to bed and i couldn't do anything about it okay now now unfortunately you know there was a little too much time but then what we did is the next morning the first thing we did soon as he woke up you know i was having my quiet time he woke up he came over and we had a talk and, and you know as i and i was debating you know do i spank him do i not and 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 as i saw his attitude you know he deserved the spank and he knew it and he was prepared for it uh and i told him as much uh but you know i felt that he was genuinely repentant okay uh, and he was genuinely sorry for the lying so we focused on that and then he sort of told me how he did everything he you know he uh came clean on everything okay so what he had done was he had taken you know rice with the spoon he was eating with a spoon and then he had bent down under the table and just sort of scooped it out you know and that's how the rice ended up going to the other side And, and into the little pathway to the kitchen and all that so he gave me the whole story he told me why and all these kind of things so we had a very good talk uh, he was in tears and i knew that it was genuine right so this, so at that point i decided you know what i think he gets it okay i think he gets it he understands he was wrong he's repentant he's sorry about it um, and so i decided not to spank him right and instead we we had a nice session of communicating we talked about every little thing we broke down what he done we how he was wrong and why he shouldn't do that <coughs> and how should he deal with it in the future if he thinks he has too much food or, or even if he doesn't like it i said it's okay that you don't like food but i 
had a talk with him about how he needs to appreciate, you know, that there are people who don't have anything to eat and, you know, we can't like everything. We can't always eat exactly what we like, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, so we had a really, a very rich session of communicating a lot of things. We talked about the gospel and, uh, and he was pretty much in tears the whole time. And then he prayed a beautiful prayer and I prayed with him and, uh, you know, I hugged him, kissed him and said, that was the end of it. And, and we haven't talked and it was done in private. Nobody else saw it. Uh, you know, it was just between him and me and, and the Lord. Uh, and so I think that's where you need to use judgment. Okay. When the child is being rebellious, when you know that they're not telling the truth, when you know that they're not repentant, uh, sometimes even when they deserve the rod, there is room for mercy. Okay. Just as God is merciful. Okay. But, uh, but, but, you know, that doesn't mean that you're exclusively merciful and never use the rod. So you have to use the judgment as you uh, develop as a parent, as you experience more scenarios with specific children, every child is different. Okay. You learn, okay, you, you get that wisdom. And again, you know, you go to God, you know, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of me. Right. And I will give him right. James chapter one. So, uh, so I think it's, it's important. Again, this issue of balance is, is critical to how, to how we use the rod. Okay. The rod is not a panacea. It's not like an automatic switch where you, you turn it on and everything is going to, you know, become perfectly fine. No, we're dealing with sinners. Okay. Hearts that are, you know, that are conceived in iniquity. Okay, in sin did my mother conceive me. Iniquity did my mother bear me. Okay, I was born in, in sin and conceived in iniquity. So, um, so therefore, it's not an easy task. But, but I think um, the key point coming here is about shepherding the child's heart. Okay, the reason you're punishing them is not to get back at them. It's not to, um, you know, it's it's not to take it out on them. It's not to make them pay. Okay, it's not punitive, but rather it is a tool to get their heart in the right direction. And when you use these, these two tools, the rod and communication, you know, over time you'll find that, uh, you know, that, it's, uh, that, that it does have a positive effect on them. And I've seen that with a lot of my children, whereas they grew up, I don't need to really use it. And there are some, you know, later on, I, I wish, you know, that I'd used it more, okay? Uh, all of my older kids tell me I've gotten easier uh, as I've gotten uh, older and as I've had more children, maybe that's some truth to that. Um, you know, but, uh, but I, I just chalk it up to maybe a little bit more experience, you know, and knowing when to actually use it uh, and when not to. So with that, uh, I think uh, that's the entire lesson. And, um, you know, for next week, uh, uh, please read the, um, uh, let's see, the next chapter, which is about uh, the appeal to conscience, which is sort of bringing some of this together. Um, I think it's chapter 12, maybe. Yeah. Appeal to Conscience, chapter 12. And then after that, we'll get into, uh, you know, we'll get into looking at the different stages, right? We already talked a little bit about infancy to childhood, but then we'll talk about childhood to the teenage years and then the teenage years and so on. Okay, uh, what are, what are the, some of the focus areas in those areas and we get quite practical there. Okay, so I'm going to stop talking. Uh, we've got, uh, it's 12.15, so we've got some time for some questions. You can, you can use chat, you can... Uh, you can ask your questions, uh, you know, unmute yourself and ask directly. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to answer them or try to answer them. Ah, here we go. Charlie. Uh, no, <laughs> not that I wanted to say something, but, uh, but just to show that we are all here. <laughs> ah, okay. Ajit is there. I can see. Okay. Preeti, you wanted to say something or Benji or just turning on your.
share some raw experiences. We agree with what you share. <laughs> I think, I think remembering, uh, remembering the, you know, I would say that when I was young, I have I got a quite a bit of a But many times, many times it was, if you're even based on this book in the short, though Dad and Mom did it for all the right reasons. Uh, it was not yeah. an explanation as to, how it actually, you know, you get the ready and then, uh, you know, you, you, you are in pain, you know, uh, you, you, things happen so fast, you know, but still, um, you know, based on this book, it's good to explain why the child got the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that's where the shepherding part comes in, right? So it's not just about, you know, it's not a spanking for the sake of a spanking, right? It's spanking as a tool. To shepherd the heart, right, and use it appropriately in the right, uh, right manner. Yeah, and so I remember, I remember, the, I remember the uh, the spanking and daddies, but in a sense, I don't remember why I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I heard, I heard some of your stories, like the things you used to do in the, uh, you know, in the uh, when the bread was passing, you know. Yeah, just okay. <laughs> you and your cousin, huh? Yeah, we- We'll discuss it off, uh, off now. <laughs> no, this you yourself told. <laughs> but that all sounds like more mischievousness than uh, <laughs> just boys being boys, you know, mischiefs. Uh, anybody else? Please share your experiences, okay? I, I know uh, you, uh, yeah, Raj, I see you go off mute. Yes. So, Uncle, I would like to share uh, the incident which has happened uh, since past, I would say, 25 years. My father used to beat me. Yeah, and um, the result was um, so. So basically, being a being a kid of a teacher, being a son of a teacher is really difficult because once the teacher are on summer vacation, they will start use uh, they will start beating their own son or kid on kids <laughs> because they will have to start practicing again. So just oh, to boy. keep the practice. Now, um, so he used to beat me. Even a single mistake if I was doing, I started crying because I knew that my father is going to beat me. Now. Yeah. That resulted in the positive manner, though I, you know, didn't like that time because, um, I mean, he used to show his authority and, and, and everything. And uh, I was really, little scared. Even if I am going somewhere, I'll have to ask and I'll have to inform if I'm going to visit some of my friend's place. Now, which, that result was like I never raised my voice in front of my father. Even till date, if he's saying something, I won't raise my voice. If he's mm. right or wrong, I'll try to, you know, uh, I'll, I'll wait for him, him for him to calm down and then only I'll raise my concern rather than, you know, uh, at the same time, I won't argue. So that has mm-hmm. really helped me to be in discipline and not only uh, my parents, but, you know, my relatives and whosoever knows about us, they always praise, praise both, of, both of us. I mean, my, my younger brother and me, that we have never raised our voice in front of my father mm-hmm. or my mother. So that is the good, good, good. Yeah, but, but, but what I would say is, you know, that, that is probably, you know, uh, you know, when we, it, it probably goes against some of the things we talked about, right? And and I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your father today, uh, but what it, it sounds like it's more of a, you know, um, where where he's sort of still has authority over you, kind of, right? Yes. Um, yeah. And and maybe there's still that fear, right? See, if you if you do it the right way and you sh- you really focus on the shepherding a child's heart approach. You will have actually, as your child grows, you will have a more fulfilling relationship, you know, where you are actually friends, you're actually uh, 
you know, close trusted advisors. And, and I, I don't know this, Raj, but I'm guessing that, that do you experience a lot of interference in your family life from your family? No, no, no. He never interfered in my family. That's good. That's good. But by the time but I sometimes, married, yeah. So, so, he, uh, so yeah. that's good. But, uh, but nevertheless, you know, I think, um, uh, I think we need to get that balance, right? So it's, yes. it's, it's, uh, you know, again, it wasn't given as a way to practice for other kids or whatever. Yeah, because I think another reason uh, why it had happened because uh, I mean we are from the Hindu Hindu background, and he accepted mm. uh, you know Jesus Christ as his savior. I mean it it was too late I would say. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, maybe his understanding towards the uh, Bible was not that good. Yeah, I don't no, want that's, to that's him, yeah. But I think uh, what I understood from this session is I need to keep that balance, and then yeah, I need to absolutely. tell the kid that see the, uh, this is what I'm doing because of the you know uh, it's God's word. It's not like yeah. I'm angry. Yeah. Then that's only I'm doing. So I think yeah. this is helping me a lot uh, in yeah. the you know early stage. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank okay, you. Okay. Any others? Any others want to share? Thank you, Raj. Yeah, Jochen. I was just uh, I mean just wanted to say that uh, sometimes you know uh, if and when you punish your kids in anger, I think that uh, I mean that's really disastrous and uh, that can really make you feel very guilty because yeah. Other than you just uh, letting out some steam, it has achieved nothing else. Uh, right. So, so I think I think I totally agree with you that uh, you know the talk with the child after you do it, mm-hmm. and even before you, you do it, explain yeah. to them why you're doing it, and then after that, uh, showing them love and uh, and also getting them to think about it, and even in in some so in 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 many cases even pray pray about it and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. I think that is so so important because sometimes I think as uh, as 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 fathers. Possibly, you know, we can kind of um, feel that we have some kind of a license over them to spank them at will. And I think that is something which I think we should resist and uh, do it very judiciously. And whenever you do it, uh, do it in the most appropriate manner. Which no, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, when, whenever, uh, you know, and, and what happens when you do it in anger, and then, and then, as you said, you know, when you realize it, that you know you're wrong, right? You know it. And, and you, you get this guilty feeling at the same time, you get some resistance and yeah, but he provoked me to it or whatever. Right. Um, and, and gosh, I, I mean, that's the worst I felt. And uh, more often than not in those circumstances, I've gone and apologized to the child. Like, and I said, I, I was wrong. Okay. The reason why I did it was, was correct, but the way I did it was wrong. I did it in anger and, and I'm wrong. Please forgive me. And I've asked forgiveness from, from the child. Um, you know, so I think that's very, very important, right? That we uh, that we show that that our vulnerability, you know, that we are also under authority, and we ask the Lord before them. You ask the Lord to forgive you, uh, you know, for losing your temper. Okay. Okay. Anybody else wants to share? Any uh, any uh, mothers or fathers of little kids? Joshua, I think in our case the fear of the Lord has uh, worked. Uh... Uh, the fear of the rod. <laughs> yeah, because I take the rod for Ria, Ryan will automatically settle down. So that has happened. So how is it the best way mm. to uh, not use it, but then if we Yeah, so, so that is like using the, the rod as a threat, right? Um, so, so it's like your, your typical, that's a typical Kerala kind of thing, you know, where you you say, uh, you, you go and take, the Amachi goes and takes the body and you know, then you know that everything settles down, right? Uh, or you know that's going to happen. I, I would say that's not a good way to use the rod because 
uh, you know, the rod shouldn't be a threat. Okay, If you take the rod, you should use it. Okay, so in other words, don't take the rod unless you intend to use it. And if you take it, you use it. Okay, and keep in mind the broader purpose here. Okay, you're trying to teach the child some important lesson. Okay, and, uh, uh, and either, either, either there is an important lesson to be taught or they're not. They're just being childish and, you know, whatever, you know, don't get into the rod there. But, but if there is an important thing about rebellion, about disobedience, about, uh, you know, some character issue that requires, uh, you know, that, that is repeated and, and, and needs some discipline, then you have that. Because then what you also do is you, you take the rod and they stop. And what's not happening there, I'm guessing, Ajit, is there's no communication going on, right? Correct? Um, you know, they stop the yeah. behavior and then you, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they stop, okay, because they're, they're, they're afraid they stop. But, you know, why did they, why did you ask them to stop? You know, how does that relate to their, their inner sinful nature? How does it relate to the gospel? How does it relate to asking forgiveness from God, right? For what they're doing. Okay, when you have that conversation and they realize the seriousness of it, that, that, I mean, when I had that conversation with, with Josiah about lying, uh, you know, we went back, I said, why is lying wrong? You know, why is lying wrong? Because the Bible says, you know, you know, thou shalt not bear false witness. I mean, I pointed him to that verse, but he said, the Bible says you will not lie. And I said, yeah, because Ted commandments says you're, you're bearing false witness. You're, you're, you're not telling the truth, you know, and God is a God of truth, right? Why should you say the truth? Because God is a truthful God. And, and, and the child is building in his mind an image of the attributes, the nature of God, right? So, so, so actually, you know, you need to think of all of those as an opportunity to train the child, okay? And, and when we just use a stick as a threat and then they stop, we are happy that they stop. But remember how we started off at the beginning, okay? This is about shepherding their heart, not about changing their behavior, all right? You can get behavioral change without going to all this trouble, okay? Because this is a lot of trouble. It's a lot of time. Okay, it's a lot of effort. Okay, um, you know, it interferes with your schedule, it interferes with the call that I'm supposed to have at two o'clock. Okay, um, and then, uh, you know, uh, so, so it requires a lot of effort. Okay, and the reason you go through that effort is because you're doing more or you want more than just changing their behavior. You want to shape their heart. Okay, you want eventually the gospel and the truth of God's holiness to penetrate their heart. And you start that at a very young age, even from that age of one and a half, two, you know, and you build your way up, okay? So that's what I would say. Okay, good, uh, good question. Any others? Thanks, Judge. Anybody else, anybody with little kids? That's usually where a lot of the challenges, because little kids are so cute, right? We don't want to, uh, we don't want to hit them. Yeah, talking about little kids, uh, mine is not so little, but uh, just day before yesterday, we had a session, <clears throat> you know, as per the prescribed <laughs> way of putting it. But yeah. uh, what happened was, uh, you know, after all the explanation and all of those things, you know, she, uh, Kripa went into a, a completely hilarious, uh, you know, uh, type of conversation that made me burst into laughter. <laughs> My life was supposed to. So she was like, why is God forsaking me now? <laughs> why is oh yeah. You know, then, you know, that's the other thing. Okay. Kids are, so, so she meant by forsaking meaning like, why are you about to punish her? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So kids are kids are very smart. Okay, they they know their they know what techniques to use. They know what makes you laugh better than you do. Uh, you know, and 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 it's 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 a great story. Uh, you know, but you got to figure out a way to get past that and tell her, okay, I laughed. That was funny. But it's but this is serious, right? Let's get back to serious business, okay? So I don't know if you were able to do that or not, or, or it just the moment just sort of got away from you. No, in fact, then I had to uh, you know settle myself up and then uh, you know get into the disciplining part. Yeah, yeah. But you did the discipline. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, no. I, I mean, kids will come up with all kinds of things. Okay, I, this takes. Take some work and 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 take some experience, but stay focused on the task. Okay, and what are you trying to accomplish? Okay, good, good story. Yeah, any others? Okay, do we have? Uh, let's see. So this is one funny incident with Arthur Jeffrey. So I made something and I told him, please eat this because uh, whatever God has given, we have to eat. So he's like, no, I am not going to eat this. So I said, please eat it. So he said, no, in the Bible, it's written, ask and you shall receive. So I ask you to make paratha and curd for me. Right? <laughs> So that's what kids are doing these days. <laughs> I know. So you teach them some scripture, and they, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, they they misuse it, huh? misuse and abuse of scripture. Very good. So how do you deal with that? Are you there, Agnes? Yeah, I'm there. Can you no. hear me? Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. We can hear you. I started laughing. What is do that? <laughs> Yeah, but that's a need to get away with it, you know. And he has a habit of crying before we beat him. Like suppose he has yeah, done yeah. something, and mm. he he knows that he's going. It's going to come now. He'll yeah. start crying beforehand. Oh so yeah, oh yeah. He generally doesn't get any spanking because he's yeah. already crying so badly before that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think those are all. Those are all. Uh, that's a very smart kid. <laughs> he knows what buttons to push. <laughs> so, so yeah, actually, every kid will start crying the moment they know they're going to get a spanking. You know, that's the, that's a common uh, technique there. Yeah. Anybody else wants to share any experiences or have any questions? Kishore. Oh, Prashant. Prashant. Jordan, um, yeah, I I wanted to share uh, what happened to me at my home. Uh, so, uh, it used to happen sometimes when uh, uh, my mom is angry at my dad. Yeah. All, all she needs is a trigger to, you know, uh, take out that anger sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, so, I've been uh, sometimes very badly beaten, uh, which may not uh, really uh, equate to what mistake I've committed sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, um, um, it's a you know it's responsibility of you know uh, both father and mother uh, and you know keep that uh, balance at home uh, so that uh, we are not uh, uh, you know um, taking our anger 
to to our kit uh, right. i mean which uh, which may not uh, which they really do not deserve right uh, so uh, we need to practice love and humility uh, in in our uh, disciplining is uh, what i wanted to share yeah no thank you for sharing that i think uh, that's a very 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 good point very valid point okay so what we'll do is we will um, we will uh, i i'll i'll open up a um, a um, pigeon hole okay for next week and we'll take a little bit of time to do some q and a on this topic because i i just get the sense that people may have questions and comments to make but they're not uh, willing to uh, ask it out publicly so uh, hopefully because again i i want i want to have a dialogue on this and make sure we are addressing uh, you know specific questions and uh, situations that you might be dealing with okay? all right thank you very much all right everybody have a good afternoon